0: If you are easily offended, please leave and don't come back. The views, opinions, and statements from this podcast are by no one. I repeat, by no one. They are not real, and everything is completely made up. This is for entertainment purposes only. The people in this podcast are not doctors, lawyers, or health professionals. They barely graduated high school. It's not that serious. Enjoy the show and have a nice day. Welcome to another episode of Vernon's Podcast, brought to you by me, Vernon Smith. Um, Today I have a very special episode. Um, hmm. Sir, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Sure. My name's uh, Rob Browatsky. We were contacted through uh, Rainbow Story Hub, which is one of a few groups in the city that is chronicling our, our queer history here in Edmonton.
0: Yeah. Um, and so what's the main focus of the organization?
1: So Rainbow Story Hub, uh, has a focus on telling Edmonton's queer history through the experiences of the people that, that lived it. We just like people telling, telling their stories.
0: Um, Mm.
1: so many of, uh, people's stories have been lost, um, in, in in Edmonton and, in, and other cities. Uh, we just want to make sure that that doesn't happen.
0: Oh, so when you, um them telling stories uh how far back does this go are you like
1: well the the organization itself is fairly new yeah um, edmonton edmonton's queer history is as long as as long as the history of edmonton itself obviously there's all there's always been queer people here yeah um
0: but um i'm in, in terms of like say what's like the oldest story that you were able to like here
1: uh, i mean we, we we can go back pretty far edmonton yeah. edmonton core history project has has stuff back as, as far as the the forties the the downtown map that edmonton core history project released uh last year um talks talks about uh, uh raids on on theaters in, in back in in, oh, in, in nineteen wow. in in the nineteen forties um i think i think for what we were kind of prepared to do here we're we're kind of talking more more um like kind of like a history of Edmonton gay bars. Uh, the earliest gay bar in Edmonton opened up in 1969, so that's kind of that's kind of where we're we're, we're going to go today. Yes,
0: we are. <laughs> so what was 1969? 1969. 1969. What was the name of it?
1: So the first gay bar in Edmonton was called Club Seventy. Mm. Um, even though it opened up in 1969, but maybe Club Sixty Nine would have been a little bit too risque. <laughs> um, in 1969, uh, the federal government had just um, partially at least decriminalized homosexuality, so the time was certainly right for for Edmonton to get its its first gay bar. There had been uh, venues where queer people had found each other before that, um, movie theaters and hotel bars and such. But in 1969, Club 70 opened. It did not last very long in that first location. The landlords found out that it was being used as a, as a gay bar and, and, and shut it down Oh, um, almost immediately. Mm. Um, it quickly relocated to a, a, a second location. They kind of broke in and, and got their records and stuff out um, and then relocated to a second location on 106th Street. And at one form or another, that stayed a gay bar from 1970 until 2012. So for 40, 42 years, there was a, a gay bar in that second
0: location. Oh, okay. So, um, and the closing... What? There must be like a lot of history. I wonder what it was like back then.
1: I mean, I'm old, but I'm not that old, so I certainly can't I can't I can't say what it was like, but gay bars um, in the in the in the 70s, they were a private members club. You kind of had to know people to get access. There's certainly this is predating any sort of internet. There was no even print publications. So the only way that you even knew that this was happening was by word of mouth, mouth. So um, but you had to you had to have memberships to get into the, into mm. into clubs back then for safety reasons because they didn't want clubs just open to the public. You had to like get buzzed in. Like mm. you, you, people had to know who you were before you could go. So for someone um, new to the city or just visiting the city or or someone just coming out, it was it was challenging to access those spaces.
0: Yeah, because they didn't know at all. Yeah, um. Know. So I would say like I can't believe that it's it, when it when you say it's like illegal. Before then, so was it? What they just like arrest you?
1: Yeah, like, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Like um, un, un, until 1969, and that was only personal, partial partial um, decriminalization, right? Like it was still um, in in the in the the 60s and, and beyond. It was uh, a, a criminal act. Uh, sodomy was a criminal act. Like or, oral and anal sex was a criminal act. Um, Homosexuality was seen as like a mental disorder, mm. um, so it, it's very, very different back then than it than, than it than it is seen
0: now, for sure. Oh, I'm so glad I was boring like around this time.
1: No, absolutely right. I mean, like it's it's far from perfect now, yeah. but it's it's certainly it's certainly much better than what it does perfect was. look like to you? Well, I mean, perfect is is going to be a world where people don't even have to come out that mm. that people can just love who they're going to love, date who they're going to date, just have sex with who they're gonna have sex with. Yeah. Um without anybody and anybody judging. And or without us judging ourselves, right? A yeah. lot a lot of there's still a lot of um internalized stigma and internalized homophobia.
0: Oh my god, with. yeah. That's what that's what I kinda got this. Yeah. It's kind of like a like a big fuck you. you yeah, know what I mean like yeah. a kind of like a defiance rebellion kind of a thing. And um it was I was I was like the only one who really cared because when I um, did this, I think it was like two days ago, and then I went to like the mall and stuff, and everybody who like saw it and they're like so like all like happy like hey and they're like all like yeah. cheering and stuff. But it wasn't really like that before then. I guess like now it's kind of like they can put a label on it, yeah. me me. Mm-hmm. It makes them more comfortable, and they're like oh okay he's gay. Okay,
1: yeah, and you know that's that's I guess still a fairly recent development. I know like I was I was growing up in the in the eighties and. Um, even just which if, if if a guy had his ear pierced, but if it was I don't remember if it was the right or the left side, but if, if it was one side was a straight side and one side was the gay oh, side. Yeah. So if you've got the wrong ear pierced and certainly guys with, with um painted nails, um yeah. that, that that was that was atypical. I mean there was always there was always examples, right? You look at someone like Boy George, who was a huge, a huge pop star in the eighties, yeah. and this was even before before he came out. But um he had his nails painted. Yeah. So so People could see representations of of, of themselves yeah. kind of in pop stars like that, but again, it was it was few and far between, and and that was they they were not publicly out,
0: so mm. they are
1: like, okay, well, that's kind of like artsy, yeah, that's
0: theatrical, but um, it's kind of like like a rock star thing
1: because it was a rock star thing, right? Yeah, know.
0: um, I don't know, like it's looking back, even I remember with like Ellen, that was a huge thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely
0: when she what she came out she's like I'm gay on people magazine yeah back in um, like 95 was it
1: uh I, l- later than that I think I think i I, I want to say like 97 um I was living in Lethbridge at the time and working with with the gay group there which there certainly was w- was not a lot but mm. yeah that, that puppy episode when she came out yeah because um, they didn't want it let people know what was coming up. So they called it the puppy episode. Ellen mm. gets a puppy. Um, but it was, it was her coming out. Um, and her, her coming out as a character and her coming out as, a, as an actress in real life. And it was a huge deal. And it did kind of derail the show. And it certainly derailed her career for a while. Because it was, it was still just not generally accepted.
0: Yeah. For like the longest time. Even me when I was growing up. I'm 32. So um, even, well, I originally I'm from the Northwest Territories, a small little town called Beshiko edzo and there it was very it was very clear that that was not wanted or kind of mm, look at they people would look at you like kind of like sideways like what are you doing why are you acting like that Mm -hmm. so i learned to kind of i guess suppress it a little bit until i got older and then i moved away and then started to be myself but um oh but recently um i just actually like officially came out with the episode on the podcast and um well everybody around me already knew about it and stuff so this was just for everybody else (laughs) it's been liberating and um anyway so back to um this clubs these clubs so so this was kind of like a safe haven for a lot of gay people right
1: absolutely and it it very much they were they were safe spaces it wasn't like like things are now. I mean, gay bars in in 2023 are still safe spaces for people, but especially in a city like Edmonton, there are so many other spaces that you can just go to and, ju- and you can be yourself in. Um, you could probably like even, even hit on someone of the of the same gender, um, whereas you couldn't back then. Like, you can't like, really like do- if, if you went and <laughs> if, if if you went and got your gay on in some straight bar, you were running a risk of being beat up if you were too noticeably or visibly um gay or queer in, in the streets, you were running that risk of being beat up. Right? Yeah. Like like you had if you were going to be connecting with people, you had to first know where those queer spaces were and then you had to had you had to go to them. Those th- that was your only option.
0: Yeah. That's like I can not imagine just being feeling like you're just um fearing for your safety like all the time. That's insane. Um so with um these organized um these safe spaces here in town, could you maybe have anything like at the top of your head, um, name some, cause I don't even know anything. Like,
1: like currently in Edmonton. Yeah. So Edmonton currently only has one gay bar. That's evolution wonder lounge. Um, it's been open since 2013. Mm. Um, but Edmonton has, has many, um, like allied or queer adjacent spaces. Like there's spaces that, that have drag branches all the time. Like places, places like Campio or, or spotlight cabaret, um, Fruit Loop has been um, a pop-up organization in the city, putting on events at, at spaces since again 2013, um, and 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 still still do that. Places like like Grindstone, places like uh, the Starlight Room, hmm. um, and, and just taking over kind of queer space, okay, or, or, or taking over straight space and making it into queer space. Sorry.
0: Oh, nice. So when you say dry events, you mean like they're not? It's like sober.
1: No drag, sorry, not dry.
0: Oh, I said mean, drag.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, there 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 are dry events. There are certainly events that happen in in all ages spaces where alcohol is certainly not the focus. Yeah. Um. Or or places like Naked Cyber Cafe. They just did a um a drag event and on September thirtieth for National Day of Truth and Reconciliation with a an Indigenous queer drag troupe. Uh, and but they're not a licensed space, so, so that was a sober event. That was a dry event.
0: Oh, perfect! Because I'm in recovery seven months sober i think it's amazing amazing <laughs> thank you so like i kind of ooh, i don't really there's some things i can't really go to
1: absolutely it's it's super challenging uh, i'm 12 years sober after after oh, after amazing. many years of, of 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 not being sober yeah um and i've worked in nightlife that entire time um and i i know that that's rare and and, and that i was i was lucky lucky to be able to continue on my career path without having to like yeah no I just can't can't be around it but yeah
0: so that's like very common in our community isn't it are are you well are you, are you gay? Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure. Like, I, I, I was like, su-
1: super gay, professionally gay. Um, I I came out like in the early early mid nineties, kind of thing. So yeah, I, I've um, been been out and part of the community since since then. Um, and yeah, there's absolutely um, a, a lot of substance abuse and addiction issues. That's and, what
0: I was going to say. Like yeah. uh, in our community, there's a lot of that
1: because um, it's it, it's challenging dealing with homophobia whether that's coming from your family or your church or your school or your friends or or yourself and sometimes the way that people in our community um, process those feelings that they're feeling or try to shut down those feelings that they're feeling is through drugs and alcohol and that can become very pattern, pattern forming so even when we come out um, that, that's still part of how we are processing trauma and process, processing stress in our lives
0: yeah yeah, especially in in this day and age too. There's so much going on; it's insane. There's
1: there, there's so much going on. Like, yeah, you know, we're inundated. Um, you know, social media is a wonderful thing in that it connects us and and, and lets lets us form connections. But sometimes those connections are very superficial. Um, there's certainly not always a lot of depth to them, um, and they can be a, a little fake too. So that's yeah, like you can feel connected, but you can still feel super alone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like right now we we are all super connected, but still feel alone, at least for in my own personal experience, because I it's weird. Like I I live alone and um, I still like even though I know I have people around and people who care about me and stuff and I can call them, it's still very like lonely and I don't know how to explain it. And that's why I'm kind of like scrolling on my phone and seeing what everybody's doing. But that just kind of that doesn't really help.
1: No, because then you're just watching other people's lives, and sometimes that just reinforces. Oh, all these people are out with their friends, and they're doing so much, and I'm not, and that can just reinforce those feelings of loneliness.
0: Yeah, and like they're like having so much fun, and I'm just here being bored.
1: But sometimes they're not. Like people are going yeah. out and and they're posting all the best moments of their lives, but we don't know what they're going through the rest of the time. Like, yeah. they, they might be posting, posting stuff, but they could still be feeling that. Like, yeah, yeah. kind of people, putting on like yeah. a little. It's putting Edmonton. on a show, right? Edmonton. It's creating a persona for for social media. So
0: yeah. So how long have you been in Edmonton?
1: Um, so I, I grew up just outside of Edmonton, and then I went to university in Lethbridge and moved back to Edmonton in
0: 1999. Oh, so you got like your college or university papers and stuff?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, real smart. Yeah. Well, I, I don't. I don't know about that. Um, and then many years of drug and alcohol abuse after that kind of derailed that. But um,
0: uh, fish oils. Yeah yeah, I take all I take a lot of it, (laughs) and um, so back with that, but why is there only one gay bar here?
1: So, when evolution opened in 2013, there were three other bars, so evolution was one of four. Um, one of them closed shortly after. Um, uh, actually, it was eight years ago today that the other dance club closed, so evolution's been the only dance club for eight years as of today. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know, I think partly it's because. Um Edmonton is such a, a progressive city, but also kind of a, a smaller city, so where we don't have a we don't have a giant um community. Um but the people that are like they have options other than other than just going to evolution. Um there there are those pop up events. There's a lot of like queer social groups, like there, there's queer sports teams like Team Edmonton, there are those drag events happening all over the city. Um I, the city is just progressive enough that a lot of people can just live their live their best gay life without necessarily needing need, needing gay bars.
0: I don't even know where to look. Like, I want to be a part of the community like more and you know, just like in person and stuff. But I don't even know. Like, I tried googling it. And then I'm just like, what? Where is like what? What does exactly like it, happen here?
1: It depends on, I guess, you know, kind of what your your interests are. Like, um, I know like you you had said you're in recovery, so maybe maybe nightlife is not necessarily the way to go. I don't. So if you're into uh, sports and athletics, there's curling teams and swimming teams and running clubs, and um, so there's this, this umbrella organization called Team Edmonton that um represents all all, all these different sports and athletic groups um they have stuff going on 12, 12 months of the year i mean they're they're still alcohol adjacent i guess a lot of the events but i think i think they're less likely to be alcohol centered okay um Uh, there's, uh, the Pride Center of Edmonton, which has been around in one form or another since like 1972. Originally it was Gay Alliance Towards Equality, and then that transitioned into the Gay and Lesbian Community Center, and then that transitioned into the Pride Center. And they have, um, social and support groups too. Right now they're very inundated with a bunch of queer refugees to Canada that are coming, Mm. that are, that are coming to Canada that are accessing the Pride Center for basic just life needs, but they have, um, social and support groups that are meeting there as well.
0: So. Oh, perfect! I didn't know that. Yeah. What, uh, what about cooking? I like. To, I want to like start learning how to cook better. I don't know. That,
1: <laughs> I, I I don't know that there are any gay cooking groups or gay cooking clubs, but mm. I mean. I mean, start one. I mean, like, like, like maybe, maybe, maybe talk to the talk to the Pride Center and utilize their social media, or connect with um, like Evolution or Fruit Loop or something that's got big social media, and just say, "Hey, does anybody else want to do like a cooking class?" Or uh, you know, like like people mm. just need to start stuff, right? So
0: yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like um, it's a lot of work, isn't it?
1: It's a lot of work, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's just like. I feel like everything's just, we have to like build it and do it ourselves and
1: everything that exists. Someone
0: had to, had
1: to build. Right. Yeah. Um, I've seen certainly a lot of groups that have, have started over the years and there's a lot of like passion and excitement. And then it is a lot of work. And then, so they, they fade out and fade out and, but groups come and go. Um, but there are a lot of groups in the city with, um, some serious longevity curling. The curling group has been around since the late nineties. Uh, the swim the swim team making waves has been around since the late nineties. Like -hmm. I said, the pride center kind of goes back to 1972. Imperial sovereign court of the wild rose is a drag based fundraising organization that's been around since 1976. Uh, So there's a lot of longevity too, but there's, there's been lots of groups that are around for a year or two (laughs) and then, and then kind of fold. The last gay bar that opened up in Edmonton was, um, pink noise ultra lounge. It opened up in 2018, I think, um, um, and, and, had, had only like a six week run or something. But, mm-hmm. um, so you, even, even businesses just kind of come and go. Right. But. Yeah.
0: So, um, I would say like, um, what, like, uh, so you're, um, what was like, what's your like main drive and your main motivations for being so involved in the community?
1: So I wasn't, I was kind of a loner in high school. I was kind of a loser in high school I was kind of a nerd in high school um and then when I came out I found a community in Lethbridge where um we we had something in common like like just the just the fact that we were all queer people in a very conservative area um gave us something in common there was certainly safety in numbers and so we kind of hung out together and I got involved with the gay group there and I found kind of a a greater purpose I guess to 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 what I i was doing like i saw the importance of community building so when i moved back to edmonton from lethbridge um all i wanted to do was find a, a gay job so mm. at the time we had this um edmonton rainbow and Ed- edmonton rainbow business association that put out um a directory called the pride pages which was like a listing of all gay owned and operated businesses and so i didn't really care what i did i just wanted i wanted to work for something gay um and that got me a, a job at down under bathhouse which is long since closed but um through through them, I got involved with with gay bars in the city, and that's just kind of been my career path ever since. Mm. Um, got involved with, with with some groups here, and you know those are that became my friend group, and you know that's just what we do. We look, like,
0: so it's just like interesting. You just like, want to be involved. Yeah, like
1: I I. I I I got involved with the community just because I wanted to be involved with the community.
0: So. Yeah, I do too, but I don't know what started to do. I still have, like old childhood, but whatever. Um, anyway, so um, he's bathhouse. So Was that people just go to like hook up and stuff?
1: Yeah, at the end, at the end of the day, that, that, that that's that's what it is. It's a place. It's it's an alternative to bars where people could go cruise. Um, certainly now they're kind of like um all gender but certainly at the t- at the time that that i got involved with them they were it, w- it was for men and it was a lot of like gay bisexual closeted men um edmonton at one point had three of them um most notoriously edmonton had uh, the pisces spa which was an absolutely gorgeous bathhouse in the late 70s that got raided by the police um, the largest mass arrest in mm-hmm. alberta history um people's lives got completely destroyed by by that raid but it it so that was in, in 1981. It, it kind of galvanized the community. It kind of created um, uh, certainly an enemy, uh, a common purpose that kind of led to um, 1982's first kind of organized Pride weekend, um, mm-hmm. as, as it did in many other cities. That, yeah. that 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 Pride was a response to police overreach, police brutality, police aggression. Um, it's certainly that is not something that's unique to Edmonton, um, but that, that is kind of Edmonton's... Um, stonewall moment where is like the community's like yeah no this was not acceptable um the, the, they were just down there at the bathhouse doing their own thing they were just having a good time they mm. were not hurting anyone just let them live their lives right
0: yeah so this was just like kind of like a like a pushback kind of like a response to the police absolutely yeah um so back so that uh, what do you think about pride today
1: i mean pride today is certainly very very different it is very different in edmonton than it is in other Canadian cities. Other Canadian cities still have parades. Um, Edmonton has not had a parade since 2018. Um, it is a it is a very complicated issue. Um, obviously, COVID derailed a lot of uh, a lot of Pride celebrations across the country. We um, at coming out of COVID, Edmonton had two new groups start up: uh, Edmonton Pride Fest and Capital Pride. Capital Pride has, I think, since um, kind of folded Pride Fest. Uh, has now put on two years of programming at, at Churchill Square. A parade has not been their focus. Um, I don't know if or when Edmonton will will get a parade. But, mm. I mean, Edmonton, Edmonton has had pride of one kind since 1982. Um, in, in 1982, um, in kind of a, like a celebration and recognition of one year since the, since the Pisces raids, um, a bunch of community groups in the city, um, including the Imperial Sovereign Court of the Wild Rose, which is still around, um put on put on a weekend of events and it just kind of grew ever since our first parades weren't until the, in, until the 90s um, and then there were parades pretty consistently up until up until 2019 when when the Pride Festival Society uh, canceled the parade they canceled their programming and and then folded during covid
0: oh this is that this is a lot of information <laughs> that's a lot that's a lot yeah yeah this is insane i love this it's like history channel um so where i would say was like i haven't actually gone to a prior parade myself it's i don't know i don't know why i do it wasn't i guess it wasn't really a thing for me and then now i probably would go if there was one just to kind of check it out is there what about calgary calgary still has
1: one like edmonton is the only major city in canada that doesn't
0: yeah i heard there's like it's um Well, a friend of mine, he was on a podcast, and they were talking about um, how there's like a lot of division in the gay community, the pride community.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So, 2018's parade was um, interrupted by um, a protest. Now, certainly, um, Edmonton Pride was no stranger to having protests. Um, There was always anti-gay protesters like on the sidelines, but this was um, a protest very similar to what had happened in Toronto with Black Lives Matter um, of queer and trans, black, indigenous, people of color, um, saying, no, we're not, we're not represented by this. You guys, um, as the pride board, need to be coming up with programming that is representative of our entire community and you're not doing that. There's not representation from our community on your board or in your events. Um, you need to do better. Um, and then they're like, okay, we can definitely have those conversations let's finish the parade and then we have a whole year that we can plan stuff out. So the parade finished that year. Um and then those conversations either didn't happen or did happen, but were again derailed by that division that you were talking about. And so they just threw up their hands and said, yeah, we're, we're not doing anything. And there hasn't been a, p- a parade since.
0: Mm, so, so that just kind of uh, fucked everything up. Yeah.
1: So other cities have managed to navigate that in different ways. Um, like, don't forget these pride boards were for the most part, very volunteer driven. There were not um, a lot of paid positions, if any paid positions, so they were just kind of like, yeah, you know what? I I'm not putting up with it. Like yeah. I'm giving my own time for this. I like I I, I don't need this and like this is not my yeah. If if what we're doing isn't right, then then someone else can do it.
0: My stance on that is just like oh, there was of course those um issues of um people feeling like they're not being represented. That's yes, we know that, but then let us like let the whole movement break through first. Even if it's like, you know, seems like all like whites or like, you know, it's fine. Let them break through, like, and then we can come and we can solve, uh, the, like the, I guess, like the internal things later.
1: Well, and I think, I think that's kind of where the conversation was at. Like, like white, cis white gays had broken through. Yeah. And, and had been broken through for a long time and, and still weren't, like, there were still all these other groups in our community that weren't having their voices heard and weren't weren't mm. didn't have a platform. Now, I mean these are again volunteer positions, so all people had to do was volunteer to be on them. But I mean, a, a lot of these communities have pretty significant other other barriers. Like mm. it's hard for them, it's hard for people to volunteer time to be part of um, pride programming when they are having very real challenges just making their basic basic day-to-day um, needs met, like yeah, they're, they're they're dealing with problems in in housing and they're dealing with problems in employment that they're dealing with day to day racism that makes it impossible for them to be expending a lot of energy in, in other ways. So yeah. I mean, it's 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 a it's a it's a complicated complicated mess. And so when people ask, they're like, "Oh, do you think Edmonton's going to have a Pride parade, or what do you think is going to happen with Edmonton Pride?" I usually say, "I'm like, well, whatever's going to happen, it needs to be." Um, Again, very grassroots, very um, community led, but that community need, community needs to be led by the groups that are not being represented. So, yeah. like, it, if there's going to be a parade, it needs to be um, organized and and led by by queer and trans people of color.
0: Yes, yeah, so everybody's got to put in the work.
1: But yeah, that means everybody has to put in the work. So.
0: That's like, uh, like how I feel like there's how do you get like there's always going to be people who are upset because it's such a huge topic and everybody that has this commonality of being yes. And under the umbrella of queer, but we're all so so different.
1: Very, very different.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's just, I don't know. I'm, I just kind of just like, why can't we all just like get along? It's fine.
1: I mean, that would be great. Why can't we all just get along? But I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's just never going to happen. Everybody has a different vision of what, they think the community should look like, and no one's vision is any more valid than anyone else, and no one's vision is any more right than anyone else. But um, yeah, uh, like I'm is... like like just just do it, like yeah, you know, like you know that's what I say. It's like it's like oh, there's only one bar, and I don't I don't like that bar. I'm like open up another one, like yeah. like do do the party that you want to be. Like I've seen so many people. They're like oh well, I'm not represented in this party, so I'm just going to start
0: my own party. So yeah, yeah. that's actually ooh, that yeah. sounds like it a lot better. Yeah yeah so what's like i would say like um what was like the last big event here that you maybe have went to that you have fun in
1: well i mean so um edmonton pride fest had a had a three-day event at the end of august where they had um uh, i think i think it was the first provincial two-spirit Powwow on the thursday night and then they had a 90s night on the friday night and then they had um, pride fest programming all day on the saturday so it was a three-day it was a, still a three-day um pride programming
0: so. mm like it was want...
1: thousands and thousands of people so
0: okay i need to start going to these things i need to find a boyfriend no, well, like...
1: i mean that's that's a good place to find the boyfriends but <laughs> I
0: mean, yeah th-
1: and there's still a bathhouse you can find a boyfriend there i'm like i'm sure there's i'm sure there's apps still i'm like uh, well, good, good I, I, I don't know what the kids use anymore
0: good grinder yeah,
1: grind, you know but i mean I, i'd say i'd say check out um um check out evolution but i know i understand about the the recovery issues so i'd recommend finding some sober friends to go with first because then you have that support network of other people that like there's people that go there that don't drink obviously right but uh, there's a variety of non-alcoholic beverages you can drink from and then there's a lot of people like in recovery that just want to like we still want to go dance but they they go together so that they have that support system
0: yeah that'd be nice and i've never been to a drag show before
1: have never. Well, I mean, there's lots of drag shows and there's lots of sober drag shows. I feel like
0: it'd be so much fun. Like they, they're,
1: they're, they're a good time. Saturday night there was four drag shows in Edmonton. Just Saturday night there was four shows. Like there's, oh, lots, there's lots of drag in the city. I'm just
0: not trying hard enough, aren't I?
1: Well, I, I mean, if you're new to the city and you you don't know people to go with, it, mm. it's a little daunting, right? Like, yeah,
0: I remember one time I was asking my um, sister-in-law to come with me, and then she was just like, "Wait, I'd go ask my." My 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 husband, who's um yeah. her her husband, who's my bro- my brother, mm-hmm. and then he was like, no, he, he's like religious and stuff. So yeah,
1: it's hard. I mean, yeah. there's um a lot a lot of indigenous drag in the city. There's a there's a there's a troop that's just indigenous drag performers. So
0: mm. okay, drag. So I every time I think of drag, I think of like RuPaul.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's, and, well, the city gets lots of RuPaul queens. Yeah, Canada's got its own drag race now. Edmonton's got their first drag race star on it. Um, Belinda Verga, she's a she's an amazing uh, Filipino drag queen. Oh. She, she just had a show on Saturday night.
0: Oh wow! So they like they were stars on the show, and then they're here.
1: Yeah, well, so 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 there's RuPaul's Drag Race, which is the the the, the main franchise, but Canada's got its own now. Yeah. who's with judged by. Brooklyn Heights, who was on season ten of RuPaul's Drag Race, um, and, and this is the fourth year of that. And Melinda is the first person from Edmonton that's on it. Um, so it premiered last week, and she had a a viewing party at Evolution, and then they had the they had a show on Saturday.
0: Oh, oh wow! Like, this is like, I drag, love drag, this.
1: Drag is drag is big now. It is it, it, it is very
0: big. It seems very fun.
1: Well, it's it, it's a good time, right?
0: I see that like on TikTok, like they're all over TikTok, and yes. it's just so funny. Like they. They're like clapbacks. They're just yeah. iconic. I love it.
1: Yeah, there's some amazing, amazing talent in the city. So, yeah. like, like I said, there was four shows just on Saturday night, and then there was uh, drag brunch on Sunday. There was a couple drag brunches on Sunday. There's drag bingo tonight. There's 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 drag all the time. So.
0: There's drag tonight.
1: Yeah, drag bingo tonight. Um, every Tuesday night at Spotlight Cabaret, they have drag bingo with Pepper and Pheromone Kills. Pepper was on Call Me Mother, which was another national drag competition television show.
0: What time is this?
1: Uh, I, I need to go like in seven o'clock. I think. Like, oh, like.
0: Okay, that sounds really fun. Um, so, your thoughts? Um, battle for the rights of the queer community. What was and what what does that even mean?
1: Well, I mean, what what does that mean that 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 means that means a lot of things, right? So, certainly in 1969, like I had said, there was um a at least a partial decriminalization of homosexuality. That was the end result of a lot of. Um, conversations that people were having with at at, at the time the liberal government saying, look, you know, again, this is not a disorder. This shouldn't be illegal. This is ridiculous. But that was just the beginning. Like that was not the the last battle that needed to be fought. Um, Delwyn Vreend was a teacher in Edmonton who got fired from King's College in 1991 for being gay. Um, There was no protection in Alberta human rights. Um, So basically that means that it was fine they could fire you for being gay that wasn't illegal Mm -hmm. so he took the provincial government to court saying that you know you need to be able you need to protect gay and lesbian albertans you need to protect queer albertans from being fired from being evicted Um, and it went all the way to the supreme court because the alberta government said no we aren't going to do that Um, so that went that battle went on for seven years that was most of the 90s and so edmonton was certainly very um galvanized by that there was a lot of fundraising happening on and then a lot of media attention on on like an international scale and certainly um certainly certainly on a national scale and eventually the supreme court said yes the government of Alberta needs to needs to ensure that the rights of queer Albertans are protected as the same as straight Albertans which so say you can't get fired for being gay you can't get evicted for being a lesbian you can't and but but that took seven years of legal battles that yeah. against our own government, like the govern like our taxes were paying for the government to pay for lawyers to like it was it's ridiculous that that was a thing, and so that went on all the nineties. And again, that still wasn't the end of it. Like marriage was still Ill- illegal. Like same sex marriage in Canada wasn't legalized until two thousand and five, so seven years after that. There, and, so, yeah, it's... it's And it's still ongoing, right? There's, yeah.
0: I know there's, like, religious reasons and whatever else there is. Why do you think there's so much, like, resistance?
1: I mean, uh, religion is uh, is a big is a big reason. Um,
0: I feel like a lot of people just use that for kind of...
1: I, like, it, it's hard to say if, if people use the religion as an excuse or if it's just... Like, but hate is not taught. Like, people are not born thinking that gay people are wrong. People are not born hating gay people. They're taught that. And they're taught that in a large part because... Of, of their parents that were taught that, their churches that were taught that, or that uh, the other adults in their life that were taught that. And a lot of that will end up boiling back down to religion. Like, yeah.
0: Because, like, when, you, when I was a kid, all my peers, everybody my age, like, nobody really cared. Like, even though I was, like, um, I tried my best to kind of suppress <laughs> the feminine side of me, but it still, like, peaked in every so often, and then they would peep it and catch it. And then um but it was never really a, like that big of a deal like they didn't really care like whatever it was the adults the adults around they were the ones who were like nasty and stuff to me
1: and eventually those adults are going to either have their eyes opened and change or or they are going to die off those older generations that are kind of hate-filled and religious taught are are going to die off and yeah. then hopefully the world is then in a better space i don't know right <laughs> right now it's kind of seems to be going the other way
0: um, the, what way?
1: Well, I mean, like, look at what's happening in the states. Look what's even, and it's bleeding across the border up here. The anti drag stuff, the the book banning, the and so, certainly so much anti trans legislation, um, I, and th- that's coming across the border in a huge way. I
0: know, I know. I, I think like uh, uh, all the straight people are just tired of it because it's all over the place. Yeah. Well, I mean,
1: it 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 is all over the place. But you know what else is all over the place? Straight people. Yeah. Like. Like, straight people are everywhere. Like, they just don't think that that's a big deal, because that's just who they are.
0: Yeah, because it's, like, it's not the norm to them. It's not the norm. It's not the norm to them, so.
1: But, I mean, it's great that there's all these queer stories being told now, because there weren't. Like, certainly when I was growing up, there were no queer people on TV. There were no out gay celebrities. There were no queer love stories. There was no queer romance. There was no queer books. Like, there wasn't a drag queen story time, because there there was no gay stories for drag queens to tell,
0: like. Like, I'm, like, now, like, I, I watched this um, movie that came out, I think it's called Sam, I Love You or something. It's about this um, boy, he um, gets, like, outed because he was, well, he has, like, kind of, like, a secret admirer or something like that, and it turns out it was, like, another guy. And um so, but he still continues on with it, knowing it's a guy, and they kind of, like, fall in love, blah, 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 just a little gay high well, school love story. Yeah. And then yeah. I was like, fuck, I, I wish I, like, probably, like, saw something like this when I was younger. Yeah. And yeah. just,
1: so just think now, there's going to be some kid right now who is younger who is in high school who maybe has been told his whole life that what he's feeling is is wrong and he's going to see that and he's going to be like oh okay no i can't have an happy happy ending so
0: yeah this this is re- a big reason too why i asked um if you can come too, it was because i wanted back in my community in beshiko I'm, I'm clean show i'm indigenous and in the north and um i wanted to there, there isn't much gay representation from at least when me thinking the top of my head there and um so I wanted them to see this and just gather information from you and kind of like this whole, just kind of like, I wanted like little boys and girls out there to feel like um, there's people like them and that it's okay yeah. for being whoever they are and who they love and whoever they like yeah. and that they, that there's um, a place for them in the world and they're not alone.
1: And that's so important, right? Because yeah. if people are not exposed to that truth that there are people like them and there are queer people and trans people in every community in Canada no matter how small but sometimes sometimes you gotta go through some shitty periods yeah um, until you can get out in bigger cities where you can connect with people certainly that's one of the good things about the internet and social media and I don't have a lot of good things to say about the internet and social media right now because they're dumpster fires but it can help expose those kids that that's their only the only glimmer of hope that they're getting is coming from seeing queer people living their lives, living their, um, authentic lives on, on, on the internet.
0: Yeah. I feel like everybody has their phone in their face. So it's so easy. i will oh, going back to like, um, with, uh, all that promotion going on, um, for that person. What was her name? again? Fighting for the rights and the um university.
1: That was Delwyn Breen.
0: Yeah, um, back then there was like no social media to go onto, and there was no social media. No. Yeah, so it's just like to be able to create that much noise back then. That must have took like. That's insane. Like I can't imagine well, how this much was, work that took.
1: This was a fairly mainstream media covered event. So like it was in it was in papers, it was in on TV, it was on the radio. And there were massive like protests. Like like people actually had to go like you couldn't just protest on, on Twitter. You had to paint <laughs> your signs and go down to the ledge grounds and and, and, and protest. Like there mm. had, were actual physical physical protests, right? And certainly that was not something new. That's and it certainly it still happens, right? Like we we're seeing it happen right now. Um, with what's going on in the Middle East, um, is we're, we're we're seeing protests and marches saying like, look, we need a ceasefire. This is ridiculous. Like, come on, stop, stop killing people. Um, and so, that's always been a super effective way. Um, and I think it's a more effective way than than social media um, because that's just noise. It's just background noise. People aren't paying attention to it anymore. But I mean, for those for those kids that are in the closet, that that's all they see. That's it, that it's still important that way.
0: Like, yeah, you don't really see stuff like that, though. Like, um, people outside with their signs and stuff.
1: Well, I mean, I think, it, I think, it, I think, I think you do. Like, I think it's really. Just, I mean, like, there was just a, there, there were oh. mar- there were there were marches this weekend about what's happening in Palestine. Yes, so, yes, like, and
0: then the police responded and yeah. kind of yeah. like I,
1: like it's it's I mean less and less, but I mean like we just had six months of a uh, actors' strike and a writers' strike, and they were out, like outside marching with signs. Oh, so like yeah. it, like it still happens. It's just I think if it's not something that we're particularly connected to, we're not paying attention to the issue. So, yeah. Because um, there's too many issues.
0: We can't, just to do, yeah. we, we
1: can't care about everything as much as we might want to. It's like but. an
0: overload of stuff. Because like back home from where I'm from, there was a wildfire mm-hmm. and then there was COVID before that. And then yeah. there's just with me and my addiction issues and stuff. Yeah. So there's a lot of things and podcasts. So yeah, it's just a lot of shit it's, going it's, on. There's a lot going on, right? Yeah. Um,
1: so Edmonton has um, this group called Pride Corner. And Pride Corner on... It's, it's on White Ave and it started because there was uh, this religious pastor guy who would be out there with his little megaphone, blah, 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 Jesus hates gays, come to Jesus, come to Jesus, Jesus hates gays. And they got tired of walking by it all the time. And so they started showing up when this guy was there every Friday night and they started showing up with their, with their signs and they'd show up with rainbow flags and they would have, um, um, I was going to say boom boxes cause I'm that old. They'd have, um like, portable speakers and stuff, and and just have these dance parties around him to drown him out so that people that were walking by didn't have to hear the hate that's coming from this crazy religious guy. They could just see this, like, celebration of queer joy, and that is now happening every Friday night. So that is very much kind of how a physical, actual, real-life protest is, is, is still happening and making change just right here in the city.
0: Hmm... Okay. So there's a, so you said there's like, there's like a lot of like fighting still things to fight for. Um, What would be like the biggest one to you, like the biggest fight that you feel like we need to win?
1: Well, I think, I think right now um, there's a, a, there's a very big focus on, on trans rights because trans people are being massively discriminated against the hatred against trans people is, 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 um, increasing like exponentially fast. Like it's it, like ridiculously fast. I can't believe how, how crazy it's happening. Um, so I, I certainly think there's that focus there um, and that it's kind of spilling over into just not just anti-trans, it's anti-drag because these people don't see any difference between drag, pe- drag performers and trans and trans people. Um, and certainly it's, and then it's spilling down into like drag queen story time, which is We don't want kids exposed to the the truth about queer and trans people. We don't want kids to know that queer and oh, it's they're too young to know that queer and trans people exist. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Some of those kids are queer and trans.
0: Yeah, so that's that's a big topic, right? It's a a
1: big topic. Yeah,
0: like I know, like a lot of like straight people, they don't want that in like um schools and stuff. They don't want their like their kids, like little kids, to like I guess um be exposed to drag and um. Just a gay community in general.
1: But, I mean, those kids are in school. They're reading books about straight people. Yeah. Like, there's no difference, right? Yeah. Like, like, some of these people are just so threatened that that gay people even exist. They just want They just want gay people to not exist. They want everyone to be back in the closet. They want to not hear about it at all, ever again.
0: I know. I never... This is awesome. Could you go more about, on it? Like, I've never heard uh, anybody really talk about this specific thing other than straight people, and I was just kind of didn't... I was, like, alone. I didn't really know how to respond to it or anything.
1: Like, so... The people that are very opposed to um drag queen story time or or seeing like a gay couple in a movie like they have no problems with kids being exposed to a disney movie where the prince kisses the princess but if it was a prince kissing a prince that'd be a big deal and it's like well but it's not it's exactly the same the it's it's love is love like like kids learn about sex ed in elementary school um and if the, these parents are like, well, as long as it's penis and vagina, it's fine. But, I mean, mm. that's not the way that everybody has sex. I, yeah. mean, I mean, some sometimes it's vagina and vagina, and sometimes it's penis and penis, and sometimes, you know, um, s- straight people might have anal sex too, and straight people might have oral sex too. Yeah. Um, so if we're going to teach kids about sex, we need to teach kids ab- about, about sex and sexuality. We need to teach them that the things that actually matter are... Our consent, like you know, like are you agreeing to it? Uh, is your partner agreeing to it? That's 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 important. Not who that partner is, not what the genitals of that partner are. It's do they agree to it? Is the is the is is it mutual? Is is it um, reciprocated? That's what really what matters. Is it is it is it safe? Are you taking care of your body? Are you taking care of your heart? Are you taking care of your mind? Those are the things that we need to be teaching kids matter. Not oh, gay gay bad, straight good
0: like. I think they. Mm, I feel like maybe they are just afraid because they um, don't want their kid to like turn gay or something.
1: I mean, yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, frankly, that that's ridiculous. I was exposed to straight people my entire life. Yeah. I was, and I saw straight people on TV. It did not turn me straight. <laughs> it just, I didn't see gay people, and that created shame and problems for me. So by seeing gay people kids are growing up, oh yeah, what I'm feeling is normal and it's, it's, it's fine. It's just, it, and it's who I am. And this is who I'm going to love. And it, it's removing all of those problems by having that shame. Like I'm sure, um, any, any queer people that are listening or watching this podcast, um,
0: there'll be few We're
1: always exposed to straight people and still did not grow up straight. Yeah. You can't turn someone gay. It's not, it's not a matter of making someone all of a sudden, one day being gay, it's just they're suddenly being open about it. They're suddenly comfortable enough with themselves that they can say, oh, I'm gay. And that doesn't mean that they were straight and all of a sudden they're gay. It means that they were gay and didn't know it or gay and couldn't accept it. And now that that's the difference.
0: Yeah, or do you want to show it or something? Yeah. They're scared for some reason. So do you think that um, people are born gay? Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah, yeah I feel that way too, because I, really, I was never attracted to women. I mean,
1: uh, yeah, I, I, I was never attracted to women like women are certainly uh, attractive i mean, I I mean
0: like you know but under the beautiful beautiful handsome. but not sexually yeah, is what I mean, I mean.
1: exactly right like like it's 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 innate in who you are like
0: yeah yeah um so when did you come out
1: um like basically 1993 is kind of when i started coming out it, it was, was- a, it was a really slow process like i just told a couple a couple of my friends and um one of them was fine with it and one of them was okay with it and one of them was not good with it and i'm like okay i'm gonna stop telling people for a while and but it was so freeing to have just told that one person Mm. and and because then it was the first time i'd ever said it um and then i could talk about you know i could be with my friend and be like hey that guy's cute and i wouldn't had never been able to do that before yeah and so once once you open up that closet door a little you want to keep keep coming out and so eventually i told a few more and a few more and then kind of got outed to my family and then or i kind of got outed to my mom and my mom told everybody else so then i was then i was like okay
0: <laughs> now now everybody knows <laughs> i right. told my mom yeah. too and she's went it told everybody
1: yeah like, i, I <laughs> didn't tell my mom someone else told my mom for me but um
0: oh like sorry. Just, it just
1: kind of it just kind of slipped out like i certainly didn't blame blame my friend for doing it it's just how, how it was but me yeah, and my mom my mom told everybody like she was calling everybody and saying did you know about this? Did you, did you touch him? Did you make him gay? Like she was trying to figure out who to blame, but by the end of it, everybody knew. So back
0: uh, then though, 93, isn't that like, like the huge, like uh, AIDS pandemic thing? Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, I saw a documentary on that. AIDS hit Edmonton
1: in 1984. Next year will be the, the, the anniversary of, of, of that is when Edmonton started, started getting its first um, cases of um, AIDS. Um, certainly, by the '90s, um, AIDS was a global-wide pandemic that was killing um, so many, especially especially gay men. Um, part of part of what Rainbow Story Hub and, and the Queer History Project and groups like that do is they're trying to keep those stories now, because all of those people's stories got lost. Like we lost a whole generation of people to HIV and AIDS, um, whose contributions to society just ended. And, and there was such shame around even being gay. And then there was extra shame around uh, around AIDS. Um, so there was just this double dose of shame. Um, like people, you know, when people die, it'll be like, oh, passed away from cancer or passed away from heart attack. or Like they would never say AIDS because there was such stigma around it. Mm. Um, and certainly when I came out, Um, I kind of get back to your question. I guess when I came out, that was one of the the things my mom was worried about. She's like, Mm. "It's a very lonely lifestyle. It's a very dangerous lifestyle, and I don't want you to be gay because I don't want you to get AIDS and die.
0: Mm. Because in
1: 1993, if you got AIDS, you died. Like that was it was kind of just understood. It was a given. So in my mom's head, gay equals AIDS equals death. Yeah. Like there was no like drugs were still new to even prolong a chance. Like I mean, there's lots of people that got infected with HIV in the in the 80s and 90s that are still around because the, the medication um, was was eventually developed. Yeah. But we're still so far from a cure, but...
0: Yeah, this is the prep. Everybody go on prep.
1: Everybody everybody, <laughs> everybody should be on prep. I mean, um, hashtag GoFreddy. GoFreddy is a great... Yeah, a great source that's Canada, who I do so, it. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. it's so. Just so easy. You just yeah. go on the website and just yeah. do whatever they tell you.
1: But you still need to... You need to take the pills, and you still Pre- need to take precautions yes. about about other stuff. I mean, prep doesn't do anything to protect you against syphilis or gonorrhea. Or, oh yeah, like so. There's still there's still other
0: stuff um, yeah.
1: that that people need to be, be need to be
0: cautious. <laughs> about, cautious <laughs> about. But, I, I saw this like in some of those podcasts. There's straight guys <laughs> and don't even know anything. They're like, yeah, there's um pills for um to to protect them from um aids now that he was there they're like they're probably just popping it and all fucking each other not even caring he's like oh they have so much fun well, I, mean, <laughs> I mean that's not that's not wrong i know <laughs> we know yeah, yeah. and so yeah. so but, oh my god i the I, I didn't know the um how severe the aids pandemic was like um what did they say i think it was like one in every third gay person that people knew was dying or something like
1: yeah, that like like If you talk to people um, that were out in in Edmonton's gay community in the eighties and nineties, it was just funerals all the time. Um, Mm. Like I know people that won't go to funerals now because they just went to so many. Covid. So many. They won't go to any funerals for anybody right now because Mm. they went to so many funerals in the in the eighties and nineties. Like Mm. they just lost so many people. Like like every week. Like I can't imagine having someone that I know dying that often or it's like we're going out to the bar on saturday and then we go to the bar the next saturday and oh well we're so and so yeah he died this week like like and this was just happening all the time for years and years and years
0: mm. did uh, i wonder how long it took for everybody to like realize um how it was spreading
1: well I, it you know that's that's a that's a, that's a whole other podcast oh, okay yeah. um, but um it, it it did take a long time and certainly it wasn't helped by the fact that the governments were not doing anything to help spread the word they were certainly not doing any fundraising the fundraising that started in in Edmonton for Edmonton people that were dealing with HIV and AIDS um, that led to the AIDS network of Edmonton which is now HIV Edmonton um, was coming out of like drag shows drag queens raising money um, because that was the only place to get money. Like the government wasn't going to give any money in the states. Like the president didn't even say AIDS for years and years and years after the crisis had started. So, mm. like he just w- w- wouldn't talk about it because as long as it was only
0: affecting gay people, they did not care. That, they probably loved. They just wanted to like kill us off.
1: I mean you're you're not wrong. That's what that's <laughs> what people people thought. There's a there's a group called ACT UP that they were you know they were doing that. They were putting the bodies of dead people, like their dead friends, on. The White House lawn to say like mm. look look this body like his death is on your hands like
0: yeah it's just so sad I'm just like I can't even imagine yeah I, I
1: I I can't imagine like I I came out in '93 so, so um but I I kind of missed all of that like mm. I, and I, like I didn't miss it as in, like I wish that I was around for it but I I I didn't get to experience it firsthand so.
0: Mm. So what about even then like when you came out is it was it still like um I guess like a big like huge topic and oh, stuff
1: I mean it wasn't like see it wasn't a huge topic because nobody talked about it, so that mm. there was just nothing like there still wasn't gay people on t v and the only gay people you saw in movies were like like Tom Hanks was in Philadelphia, and so he was a gay man that dying of, dying of AIDS, so it was like. Like, the only time you ever saw gay people in the media was if they were going to die. So it was usually some sort of, like, they and kill themselves or, or die from AIDS. Like, there were certainly no gay happy endings. But there wasn't a lot of conversation. And there mm. certainly, like, there was no GSAs. There was nothing in, in schools about it. Like, we didn't learn about gay people in sex ed. We didn't learn about, like, there was just no conversation about it. So it was still very much, you know... P- people knew like I think uh, people knew that I was gay before I knew I was gay certainly certainly I would get called faggot and stuff before I knew really what that meant and I don't know no. if they necessarily knew either it was just kind of interchangeable with like you know loser nerd or whatever like, yeah. it's just kids bullying right um but there was no conversations around bullying either like it was just oh, well, that's just how it is it's just kids being kids it's like yeah there was no conversations about how bad that is for people's mental health. Cause there was no conversations about mental health. Like yeah. it was like in the, in the 30 years since, since I came out, um, there, all, all, all these conversations are kind of in the, in the forefront now. Like, I think it is very unlikely now that someone reaches g- grade three or four without knowing that gay people exist or without knowing what a pride flag looks like. I didn't know what a pride flag looked like in 1993. I don't think I'd ever seen one before.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we've come a long way. I love it. Yeah,
1: we have come a long way. We still have a long way to go, but we've we've come a long way.
0: Yeah, yeah. What do you what, like? What what's next? What I do you mean, think? I, I don't,
1: I don't, I don't, I don't know what's next. I think really, like as a as a community, our focus really has to be pushing back uh, against um, this religious right that's just on the rise. These like christo fascists that are t- taking over our politics and our courts, and um, certainly um, in Al- in Alberta, like they're they're running the province right now yeah um we we just need to really be holding back holding our own against that so that we don't we don't regress completely
0: i feel like this government here it's um next election it's gonna it's gonna completely switch i feel like i mean we'll see that's what I, that's what i thought last time um yeah like so because when- of covid everybody everybody like blames them for covid yeah out of the, and like everybody blames them for like the um whatever in, in, uh, increase in interest and all the like, economy and stuff, but it's because of COVID. COVID hit and it fucked everything like, up.
1: COVID COVID changed the world, right? Yeah. And so so
0: and, everybody's and blaming them for it.
1: We'll see. Well, we will see what happens. I know that there was that brief window from 2015 to 2019 when we had a NDP government in charge, and it it felt like okay, the tide is turning. Even in Alberta, we've got a progressive. Forward-thinking um, government now, and and things things are things are good. We have a government that's not just gay accepting; they're very like queer affirming, and and it's it's who they are, and they want to make sure that there's queer representation and trans representation and indigenous representation in 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 their government. And then mm-hmm. that lasted for four years, and then we went back to.
0: I I, I hope. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't like. Then there's like a. Uh... I don't know. I don't really like talking about politics.
1: We, I mean, you brought it up. <laughs> I know, I know. But then,
0: I mean, but then, like, I yeah. do, in a way, but then I just feel like it's, a lot of people might, like, hear this, and then they're probably just like, oh, I don't want to hear this.
1: Well, I mean, because we're, inundated with it all the time right like yeah. it's impossible to avoid conversations about politics right now um i mean for the next year all we're going to hear about is the american election and i'm just going to like oh my god i already am sick of it and it hasn't even started yet but that's yeah. all we're going to hear about it for the next year
0: i um what do you think about too like on facebook do aren't they like like shadow banning and um getting rid of like accounts and people who are like talking about politics and stuff like they i remember there was um I think there was, like, one of my posts or something. They mentioned... They said something about, like, voting or whatever. And it was just a repost. It wasn't even mine. And then the Facebook took it down.
1: Yeah. Um, social media has some weird rules, for sure. So... Yeah. I mean, like, Facebook won't share any news at all right now. Because, yeah. because anything news-related, they, 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 you, you you can't see on Facebook or Instagram. Um, and then I know, like, any paid, paid content... Um, can't be about um anything political or social or economic without without changing pe- settings like it, 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 it's it's a mess but
0: why it, well cuz it's
1: it's still a new thing and we're still navigating its impact and. yeah
0: i think it's uh yeah, i, I cuz of social media i feel like um it has so much impact in people's lives and their the way they like view things and their perception of the world and I feel like the government and the people in charge or whatever, they're starting to like realize that's the best way to putting uh handcuffs on us and just policing us and stuff. Well, I I, I mean I I
1: think there needs to be some sort of restrictions. Of the, I think the biggest problem with social media is just that it's not always a person on the other end of the line. Yeah. Uh, like it's like you don't know if you're talking with a person or if you're talking with some sort of just like robot program. And it's like
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and
1: because everything is um so based or based around money whoever's got the most money is going to be able to boost boost their post and that's what you're going to see yeah. and then once you start interacting with that that's you just get more and more and more of that so like, yeah you, you know you interact with one anti-gay post and then you see tons of anti-gay posts or or like um like evolution they shared um i don't remember what it was about it was just something about a a, a drag show and some guy Commented on it, saying, oh, well, this is drag. Drag awful. drag's terrible. Blah blah blah. You horrible people." And it's like, "Well, stop interacting with it because now all you're going to see all you're going to see now is gay stuff and drag stuff." So. <laughs>
0: and is an algorithm? Yeah,
1: like, like the algorithm is just going to think, "Oh, you made a comment about something gay, so we, you want to see more gay stuff."
0: but oh yeah so there you go if you're straight uh, and if you don't like seeing gay stuff don't comment on it just Leave don't it a comment yeah. <laughs>
1: just, just let people live live their lives right yes like,
0: exactly like, it's not even that hard like yeah. there's shit i see all the time just like eh, that's a little annoying but then i move keep moving keep forward scrolling, yeah keep scrolling.
1: i mean there's there's 10 to 10, more new posts while you were yeah. reading that one so just keep scrolling
0: yeah i feel like it's like a like an emotional intelligence kind of a thing too i feel like they are just like so concerned with what we're doing and it's just like it has nothing to do with them really
1: yeah no absolutely it's that's that's what it comes down to and now they and they know that now so they're engineering that kind of rage and they're engineering that outrage because that's what gets people clicks like if we if we piss you off then you're going to comment on it and then Mm. If you comment on it, then you see this ad, and then we get money. Like mm. so, there. So a lot of social media is just deliberately out to piss us off.
0: So well, since we're on politics a little bit, um, the right they're what are, like they're based off of like um, traditional values and family, eh?
1: Well, that's what they say, um, which are just kind of buzzwords to mean anti-gay because, um, gay people's families are traditional, like yeah. Like, like what, what? What's not traditional about two moms and having two kids and the the kids have a pet and then they do Christmas at with the one mom's house and then they do Thanksgiving with the other mom's house? You know that sounds pretty traditional. Like that's yeah it just, it, because it's two moms and not a mom and a dad. Then that's not not traditional. Like again, it's it's just coming out of this religious upbringing that they have that they think straight is better when
0: yeah. I don't know. It's so confusing. No. But not really, though, because I just kind of just do me.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, I think more we'd be better off if more people just I'm just going to live my life um, authentically, and I'm going to live it in a way that I'm leaving the world better than I found it. And if everybody just did that, maybe we'd be better off. But yeah. I don't
0: know. So, like, when you say when you were a kid, and then you knew you were gay, was there a point in your life where like you felt like? um you were are okay sorry was there like a point when you found out you were different and then do you like kind of feel like were there any kind of like signs of like any feminine qualities that like people called out about you and then how did you like react to that when people would call you out
1: well i mean i certainly i certainly think there were um like, I don't know if I can really think of specific examples, but I know I certainly overcompensated. Like, I always made sure that I had a crush on a girl, and that crush had to be very loud, and even though they never really went anywhere.
0: Also, it, like, a little beard.
1: It was, it was kind of like a little beard, right? Like, it's mm. like, well, I can't be gay, because all I do is talk about how much I love so-and-so. Like, like, there was this girl, Tara, in grade 8, and I was just, like, obsessed with her for, like, a year. But really, I mean, looking back, that kind of level of drama was super gay but Mm -hmm. um it was just it was about a girl so it was fine right like i was trying to convince myself it's it's the same and we see it all the time with the people that are um they're just overcompensating so
0: yeah and so
1: certainly that that, that's what i did i'm like as long as as long as everybody thinks that i'm liking this girl or dating this girl then they're not going to think i'm gay yeah Yeah.
0: so (laughs) she probably didn't like like that too much when she found out you were gay
1: well nothing ever nothing ever happened with her so i mean Mm -hmm. i did date a girl in in university um i kind of went back into the closet because of how rough my grade 12 was and i dated a girl for a while and then i'm like yeah no i can't do this i'm gay and i kind of like broke her heart because she was She's like, Oh, he's so sweet and he's not he's not trying to sleep with me and like he's, yeah, he he's not he, he's me. not he's not being aggressive and he understands me and I'm like, Yeah, it's because I'm a big old homosexual. <laughs> yeah.
0: Is that do you think that's the reason why they like women always say things like, Oh, like gay guys um are like the better ones or something?
1: Well, I I, th- I think I think that's true, I guess, <sighs> to an extent. Like I think I think they're I think those women are um, responding to the fact that gay men are maybe more in touch with with their feelings or more in touch with their feminine side or because they're not getting that pressure certainly there's lots of straight women that love going to gay bars because they're not going to get hit on and harassed hmm. um, I mean there's lots of asshole gay guys too so I mean I, like maybe it's just men that's the problem but um, yeah uh,
0: so was there like anything in particular when before you coming here that you want to talk about
1: well, I just kind of wanted to see... I, I didn't know um, where you wanted to take the conversation. Like, certainly... Everywhere. Um, everything. Like, I mean... So I got involved, really, with uh, Rainbow Story Hub and Queer History Project um, over the course of uh, the pandemic because um, there was nothing else to do. Um, so certainly I had um, a connection to it. But, like, I've worked in Edmonton Gay Nightlife for 25 years. So it was... Those stories are kind of like the stories of my own life. So... Like, Club 70 was the the first bar, and then that became um, Boots, and I Boots was the first bar that I worked at, and I worked at Boots on and off from, like, 99 to 2010, and then Boots closed, and it became Junction, and I worked there from 2010 to 2012 when it was open, and I worked at Buddies from 2004
0: to 2006. I've been to
1: Buddies. You've been to Buddies here in Edmonton? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, like, and Buddies closed eight years ago today. Like, I was, when I was on facebook today and facebook memories it was like oh yeah today's eight years since Buddy's closed i'm like oh that's that's sad like that was the last time there was two dance clubs in the city
0: i didn't uh, i was like in the closet still though kind of so i couldn't like really be myself and i was there with like straight friends and stuff. so uh, i remember just like trying not to like
1: it's hard hey the first time that you're in a gay bar Um, yeah 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 especially if you're not ready to be in a gay bar yet yeah i don't really remember the i think the first gay bar i was ever at was the roost and the roost was open 2000 or 1990 1977 to 2007 um i was there probably 1997 or maybe 1996 was my first time there i don't remember anything about it like hmm. like it was just it was too much like, yeah like it was, was there's just too much going on and i was just very distracted
0: <laughs> the, do you think that like, the culture back then was like different like i feel like now everybody's just so on their phones, like taking the bars and stuff
1: oh i mean yeah there, w- there were no phones in in 1996 um I don't know, I don't know about, like, I don't know what we did. I think we actually had to talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like the dance floor now, it's quite often and people are like on their phones dancing, like on their phones while they're dancing. And yeah. like back then it wasn't. So there was maybe a little bit more hands up in the air. Woo woo. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very different. Um, mm-hmm. Like it, it, the internet and smartphones, it changed cruising. It changed gay bars. It certainly kind of did away with bathhouses, like, because then you just have a, a hookup app in your in your hand, yeah. Right? So you don't necessarily need to go out when you can just order in a guy off the internet, like it's like you're ordering in pizza, like mm.
0: which is like uh, on Grinder. I say like there's like a lot of um, they are very selective on there.
1: I mean, it, it. So if you look at it, kind of like if you're ordering, like skip the dishes. You can order exactly what you want to eat. Yeah. It just it just like so. You, you can just check all all these boxes, but people aren't finding like they're missing out on so many connections with so many people. And it's so much easier for people to be assholes on apps like that, because um, that's kind of where the whole like no fats, no femmes, no Asians. Like, no, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to date anyone that doesn't have a perfect body or blah, 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 blah. Like it's, it's ridiculous. And you're missing so many connections with people. And if you see people in real life, then it's much harder to be, like a mean gay to them because um, you can immediately see the reaction. Whereas if you just send someone a bitchy message on Grinder, you don't see how much it h- actually hurts their face. Like yeah. you're, you're not seeing that, right?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so I mean, those are super problems. And I'm not saying that people are, are not mean to people in person because obviously they are. And people are still racist when they're cruising in person, and people are still sizist and and whatever or ageist when they're cruising in person. Mm. Um, but it's just it's easier to do it on an app.
0: Yeah, and I feel like in our communities, it's really like pre- like prevalent again too. I'm not prevalent. Is that a word? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Prevalent. Yeah. Prevalent. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's it's kind of just like common in a way. Like they would just openly say it and stuff.
1: They do openly say it. I don't know. See, I don't. I, I sometimes I forget straight people exist because I've been around. <laughs> gay, I've been around gay people so much over 25 years. So I don't know if straight people are any better. Um, like they're probably just as bad. I'm sure. I'm sure straight men are just as like no i want my woman to look like this she has to have this color hair and her boobs have to be this big i'm like i don't know i'm not i'm not a straight guy um or and i'm sure women are like the the same too like i Mm want i want a guy that's got a six pack and i want a guy that's blah blah blah. i want a guy that the guy's got to be six foot three with tattoos it's like like i'm sure everybody's really specific but i mean the more limits we place on who we allow ourselves to be attracted to or even just to be friends with like we're limiting the experiences that um we're we're allowed to have like hmm. the, if we let ourselves interact with people outside of our perfect little bubble of this is what we want then then we get exposed to s- so many more types of people and so many more stories yeah
0: and can like learn something too.
1: Absolutely right. That's how. That's how. That's how we learn is by getting exposed to 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 other people. Like who knows? Like maybe maybe one of my best friends would be like four foot eleven, but I don't know because I'm only looking to <laughs> I'm only looking to meet people that are five foot three or what you know.
0: Yeah, I'll see you like short guys.
1: No, but well, I'm like I don't I don't know.
0: Like,
1: <laughs> I'm just using that as an example. Like, <laughs> okay. we, 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 we all love short kings. So, yeah, yeah,
0: we all do. So, what what. About, uh, I don't know. I feel like there's, like, so much labels now. I just go with just gay. There are a lot of
1: labels. Um, that's <laughs> certainly challenging. Like, I know there's lots of conversation um, around, like, the acronym. Um, when I when I came out, it was very much just, like, gay or lesbian. Those were your options. Like, even Edmonton, the, it was the Gay and Lesbian Community Centre, which, uh, you know, like, right away is eliminating bisexual people. There was a different understanding of, of trans, and there were certainly no... Um, conversations around people that are asexual or pansexual or all the different types of sexual that that exist now. Um, th- there was not two spirit as part of, part of it. So I mean the, the acronym grows and grows and grows, and the more letters that you try to include, the more identities that you try to include by adding their letter onto the the acronym, the more that you need to do. Like it's it it it's gone a little bit too far. So I know a lot of people just go with queer because of that. Or I mean the the, the the far right kind of makes fun of it and calls them the alphabet people but i'm like i don't know maybe that's not so bad I'm like hmm. the alphabet community or the the rainbow community or the pride community or however you want to do it because like two s l g b t lgbttiqqaa yeah it's a lot PB, like it just it, it starts it's it's start, like even when i'm just saying it i'm like okay it, it sounds a little silly i'm
0: gonna start <laughs> saying queer too because i get like i, I, I tongue-tied
1: like queer is a good way for when you talk about the community but I still like I don't define myself as queer. I still say that I'm gay.
0: But. yeah, I'm same. Yeah. I don't know. Like I remember finding out about two spirit for the first time and then I was like I didn't know what it was. I never heard of it before. And um but just, it doesn't doesn't seem like me. I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, see,
1: it, I don't I don't I don't know much about um what it means like two spirit. Um is it, it's it's an identity that um, non-indigenous people should not be using it for themselves. Like that is very specific. Yeah, for it's, indigen- a, it's a very specific intersection of of queerness and it's, indigeneity. So yes,
0: yeah, so for somebody who like has uh, f- um, feminine and masculine energy.
1: I mean, I think everybody does that. So I mean, but I mean, we have a like we have a, a two spirit drag house in the city, and we have a t- a two spirit society. Like maybe that maybe they'd be a good a good um, connection. Like Edmonton Two Spirit Society might be might be worth um connecting to Um, but i feel like
0: everybody has feminine and masculine energy so
1: it's just i think yeah i don't know i'm 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 not going to speak to to kind of what that two-spirit means when people are using it to define themselves because because i can't because i'm not indigenous so Mm. but but you you were you had asked earlier about about groups in the city and there is edmonton two-spirit society which i um had not and they and they do a whole bunch of programming as well so um and and certainly um I think you're going to find a greater respect for for sobriety and recovery and and dry events in, in there. So that might be a, a good a good way to access some community.
0: Yeah. So you, as a, a gay cis man, yeah. Um, when is it? Do you find that like um, since you're around um, the gay community, uh, you just said that you're surrounded by everybody for like 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you see like a difference in how you're treated than say maybe somebody who's indigenous and queer?
1: Oh, absolutely, right. Like I'm 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 I'm, I'm white, I'm cis, I'm I've, I've, got, Cute, I've got I've got I've I've got handsome.
0: Don't
1: know. <laughs> uh you know but like middle aged you know, business owner and so it's like like I've got I've got a lot of privilege working for me. So I mm-hmm. certainly I certainly I certainly see a lot of people go out or um like a night out in a space and, and they don't have that. Like they're mm. either they're not white or or um or or you know, they they're or or they're fat or they're disabled or or there're so many so many other things that mm. I mean um judgy people are gonna judge and yeah. and they shouldn't. Um and I certainly I certainly try to live my life without judging people based on Based on those um, characteristics, but I know that that's not that's not always something that I would succeed at doing, and I, I certainly know there's other people that don't even make the effort. Um, yeah. But we're we're raised that way, right? And then certainly we come out and we're inundated with only smooth and toned bodies are are pretty, and I'm like that's just not true, no. or you know it's uh, yeah it's it, it's a mess. But I'm certainly aware of of the privileges that I have. And,
0: yeah so you've been aware of your privileges um do you think that like is that like a fight that you would want to have like trying to get um um get the straight people to see um us like everybody else who isn't like you to like, kind of treat us equally
1: well i I guess for the most part in my life, I'm not fighting with the straight people mm. I'm, I'm I'm trying to create space for those other marginalized groups in 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 the queer community i'm trying to get other queer people mm. to just um, be nice to other queer people like mm. it's like okay let's all get along and then cuz i'm like we have we, the, i'm not saying the straight people are the enemy but like we have very real enemies out there we have like far right conservative people that would rather we just didn't exist we have a real enemy we don't need to be fighting amongst ourselves so yeah. let's you know let's give platforms to the trans community let's give platforms to indigenous and to spirit perf- performers and people in our spaces let's let's k- create programming for bipoc people like but and that's what we try to do with i, I mean so evolution is it's like it's a white owned um club um like so cis cis white owned but um i think certainly the space tries to um try to not tries not to just be for cis white gays, like a lot of the programming in the space is like, th- like this Friday we have a, a sapphic drag show. So it's all, it's all lesbian women loving women um, performers. And hmm. um, like last Saturday was an all Filipino cast. And so, oh, I love so that. It's, it's just trying to give experiences for, um, for, for everyone from our, for everyone from our community. Like yeah. every, everybody deserves kind of the, an even playing field. And so that's just what we try to create.
0: Oh, perfect. Great. So it's, it wasn't for people like you to, wouldn't be probably this far in the queer, like, kind of world, I feel like.
1: I, I mean, there's, there's so many people that um, have helped get um, me to where I am. There's certainly so many people that um, have helped get Edmonton um, and the rights of queer Edmontonians and queer Albertans and queer Canadians to where they are, um, and... People that I'm like privileged to to call friends and people that are are still very active in our communities. Like Michael Fair um, was Edmonton's first out gay politician. But he, who? Michael Fair. Michael Fair. Um, and but he's been he's even ten years before he was a politician. He was an advocate um, in, in our in our community. He was one of the people that was arrested at the Pisces spa raid. And he it was around his kitchen table that the AIDS network of Edmonton kind of formed. So he was an active. Um, um, person in, in in the early years of AIDS advocacy and in the early years of Pride and then he went on to city council um, and was a, a huge advocate for trying to get Pride rec- recognized by the city and he's still working with with groups like Edmonton Core History Project and Rainbow Story Hub he's working with um, Aging with Pride and Edmonton Pride Seniors Group to try to get a retirement community for for aging um, gay and lesbian Edmontonians and um, and so people, people like him, people like Darren Hagen, who was a drag queen and playwright and actor who took drag out of gay bars and into the fringe and and carved a niche for or car, carved a, a huge area for queer art in in the city, um, are people that I worked with through the Imperial Southern Court of the Wild Rose, like people like Ron Byers and Jim McBride, and um, who have been business owners and and advocates and and storytellers and party throwers for for my entire life and that i'm so Mm. i'm so blessed to have known and to have learned so much from them um i realize that those examples are all also cis white but um it's that's that's, just that's 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 your life that's your experience that's my life and that's my experience sadly um especially when it comes to edmonton and and there are there are many um non-cis white male male people but i mean there is still a predominance of them because that's what Edmonton was for so long, yeah. like, and and those people did have the privilege that, that they could, um, they didn't need to focus so much on the day to day living. They could just focus on on what they're going to do to, to, to make things better. And hopefully, they when they were making things better, they were taking down gates that made it easier for for BIPOC people, for trans people, yeah. to to become part of those greater conversations.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't like how like um, I feel like 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 the far like left and stuff it's very like um, they make people especially um, white people feel like they are like bad because they're not because they're white it's like no <laughs> and then they make you feel like um, like you are doing something wrong and like because you're like not like fighting for stuff that they believe into
1: like I, 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 I get that I get where you're coming from I certainly like I certainly see a lot of people that that see, see that very similar. I think, I think, I think it's just, it comes down to please, what, what they're saying is please recognize that the fact that you're white, the fact that you're cis, the fact that you're straight or the fact that you're male or the fact that you're able-bodied, like you have advantages that not everybody has. So acknowledge that and then don't make it harder for the people that don't have those same advantages as you.
0: There you go. That's perfect. Like
1: that's, but that's just hard to say in a tweet so 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 that ends up being like oh yeah white people are horrible um but that's not like that's not helpful and and that's not really what i think most people are saying like there's probably some people that are just like yeah white people are horrible and i mean certainly there's some days that i look at what's happening in the world and i'm like white people are horrible but um like, I, like it, 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 all the issues are more complicated. Than yeah, that, right? it, so,
0: it always is. Yeah, yeah. And it's just... Um, I, I think that people need to do more, more research and stuff. And I it's it, I really love that you said that because there's, like, a lot of rooms that, like, even I can't walk into. And... um, But then just leave the door open a little bit, a little crack open once you walk through, and then maybe I'll be able to walk in Ab- Absolutely, as well. right?
1: Like, like, there shouldn't be any... Any doors, there shouldn't be any gates, there shouldn't be any barriers. But mm. that's, that's
0: that's one day,
1: that one one day, right? That's <laughs> so that's what we're working towards. So it just if everybody keeps tearing down doors and tearing down gates and and having uncomfortable conversations, um, like people have to be willing to have uncomfortable conversations. And a conversation is not just one person talking; it's one person talking and then that same person listening and listening and learning and taking what that. Taking what they're told, even if it's uncomfortable or hard to hear, and and becoming better. We can all become better people.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So just learning. Um... Oh crap! That just save me.
1: Hmm. Um. But yeah, did you have a, another like specific? question or something that you oh or with
0: all of this um history and history 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 and stuff um i hope you're recording that are you
1: yeah no that and, and that's the whole point right so um edmonton queer history project has been around since basically like 2015 or 2014 it kind of started at the other and now it's based out of McEwen. um they released last year a downtown walking map that's got um like you, see, you can take take this little walking tour around downtown of all these places, like businesses or or where groups had their their meetings, or like you know uh, this was a lesbian bookstore and this was these this, these were some lesbian architects. In here is one of the first places for the gay alliance toward towards equality, or this is where the early prides were. Um, and so there's write ups on them, and they're very like very like in depth, well researched. Um, and then there's links and and footnotes for people that want more reading. Rainbow Story Hub kind of takes the exact same stories but from a different side. We just want to hear from from the people the people that were there and like this is what the experience was like for me. This is this is kind of where I was coming from and this is what what we did and this is how we how we changed it. I know one of the things that Rainbow Story Hub is releasing next week, there was a magazine that came out nineteen ninety three to two thousand and five called Times 10 and it was kind of a it was a printed magazine of, like, gay news and gay events and stuff. And so we're wanting to put together uh, a little write-up um, this week to release next week for its 30-year anniversary of it coming out, um, just talking about what it was like to found that magazine, hearing from the original people, like, why did you guys do that? Who was involved? What what was the reception at the time in the community? Stuff like that, right? Because we want this all chronicled and and written down and mm-hmm. stored somewhere so that in 30 years... If people want to find out about what it was like to be queer in Edmonton in the '60s and '70s and '80s and '90s and 2000s, it's it's there. Like the stories, the stories are there. The
0: pictures are there. Hmm. I think that would be like. Um, I want to know like who were like the leaders, the gay leaders, just in charge and doing like ahead of the movement and stuff. I think that would be really um, neat to read about.
1: And and so like people like Michael Fair are certainly certainly one of them people. Like, Murray Billet, who was really instrumental in the early years of the Edmonton Police Liaison Committee, which was a committee set up to stop some of the problems that the queer community was having with the police. Like, the police were raiding parks and arresting guys for hooking up in the woods at parks. And so it's like, okay, just, like, let's not do that. How, how, how do we work together? And fighting for... See, in the '90s, the fight was to get the police to be included in the parade, mm. um, like that, that. So, when when Edmonton police started marching in pride parades, it was a, it was a big victory for these people. That's what they were fighting for. It was recognition from something so traditionally conservative and straight and masculine, like the police, to be part of this celebration of queerness. Um, that was a big victory. Um, mm. The conversation has kind of moved past that now, where there's a lot of people that think that that shouldn't be happening that police shouldn't be part of it and that's 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 a whole other conversation in another podcast too but certainly there, there's so many leaders like that like people people like that that um we need to get their stories told now um so many of them have passed away some people from the early years right w- whether that's from from hiv and aids or whether uh that's just from from old age or or uh, you know when, when 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 we're going back 50 years i mean there's lo- there's lots of ways that people die
0: Um, yeah it's just uh i don't know i love it how like in in edmonton here it seems so like diverse here in a way like you know what i mean it's you see all kinds of people from all walks of life and they're all here and with me for example with me walking through the whole the mall with my nails and stuff and everybody being so like cool and welcoming and they weren't honestly it wasn't really like that when i didn't have the nails mm-hmm. so i don't know what maybe because like people are so like um uh, maybe it's just like oh like maybe he's cool like he's expressing himself kind of a thing
1: yeah maybe i think like i think like i like i, I like edmonton like i've been here for 25 years i don't really have any interest in, in leaving i think it's a very um accepting city for the most part i mean like every city is going to have its problems or, or areas where it's maybe less accepting I think it's. I think it's very accepting. I think Edmonton has got a really strong um, arts and theater scene, and it's very strong culturally city. So, and that is obviously going to be linked to a lot of like queer people because queer people are super creative, um, and then the people that work with those queer people in that that arts and theater community are going to be exposed to queerness and be like, oh, okay, yeah, no, that's fine. Mm. Um, those people are fine they're they're talented they're hard-working they're they're funny sometimes they're they're evil they're mean they're whatever but they're 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 the same
0: like we're we're all the same yes we all got our like our advantages and disadvantages pros cons anyway uh so i think um will you come back again some other time
1: i mean yeah like i think i hope um yeah, we, there's lo- there's lots more conversations we can have. So, so the people that are listening, like like drop something in the, in the comments what you would want to hear about or what did we kind of talk about but not really get into deep and then and then we, we can do another one. But like let's, was, l- let's hear what your listeners and viewers want.
0: Yeah, we're just like touching the waters right now. Yeah, absolutely, seeing, right? Like dipping is, our feet.
1: This is the big picture, but we can like break it down into tiny little sections.
0: Yeah, because I when walking into this, I was just like, um, history like just history and i yeah. didn't realize that there was like so different much like different parts of, to There's it
1: so many different parts right like we could have easily talked two hours and just talked about different bars that happened and this is this bar and it opened in this year and these are kind of the things they did and and then it closed and then this bar opened and you know we could have done that for two hours like i could yeah. talk could have talked for two hours just about the 10 years of evolution like <laughs> <laughs> like, like there, there's lots of so
0: yeah, 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 and um, so and can oh, wait, what's your like, fa- I what's your favorite like gay book?
1: Oh, that's so hard. I just read, I, can, I, can, I can't do favorites because there's too many, but I just finished, um, it's okay, called Top Five. It's called the one I just finished is called Last Dance at the Discotheque for Deviants and it's about um, the fall of the Soviet Union and what it was like to be gay in Russia and in in like 1993. Um, and, it, and it was really good. It was really powerful. That one's kind of sticking with me. Um, I, I like some, like, just cheesy romances, too. Like, I loved Red, White, and Royal Blue. I've read it several times. I've like, seen the movie. Like, it, it's it's great. Um, Dancer from the Dance is, like, a super gay classic. It's absolutely beautifully written. Probably my favorite um, gay series is Tales of the City. Mm. Um, it was written as, originally, um, published, like, serially, so it was just, like, one chapter a week in kind of like the San Francisco paper, and then eventually it became... A series of i think it's up to, up to 10 novels now um
0: gay movie gay movies
1: oh so many gay movies um and i love that there's so many new gay movies right now because um yeah my favorite gay movies i'm probably um our broken hearts club is great um uh jeffrey it's my party are probably two of my favorites from like the the 90s it's my party is really sad it's about a guy who's dying from AIDS and hmm. um decides to have a big party with all of his friends at and then kill himself rather hmm. than rather than have go through go through a slow process of dying um and certainly in recent years i mean like love simon's great uh red white and World blue again was was great i loved bros i know a lot of people hated bros but <laughs> like i i, I loved bros
0: i need to go check these out yeah Oh, thank you um so do you have any last uh, words that you would like to say to my audience no Ooh. i'm like
1: like thank you thank you all for listening i mean that's a that's an hour and a half of of, of, Already. of me talking so <laughs> i'm like if you're still here i'm like good i'm like please follow uh rainbow story hub please follow edmonton core history project please follow evolution wonder lounge um get in touch with um like get out there and and, and meet some core people and and it'll be an eye-opening experience for you.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That concludes an episode. Oh, sorry. Did I answer that? No. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in. Thank you.